0: truth this morning, aren't you? I'm glad what he did. He did once and that's all it took. And it's worked for all eternity. And it'll work right up to the last sinner gets saved. Amen. Amen. I'm glad it satisfied the Father. Bible said he, he was bruised for our transgression. He was wounded for our iniquities and chastisement of our sin was upon him. By his stripes we're healed. And I'm glad this morning. Don't know about y'all, but it just feels good to be safe. Amen. I don't know about this crowd, it seems like they always apologizing for how good it feels. Why we getting into emotionalism? Well, they just don't they need to go to the ball game with me and a preacher sometime. They'll find out what it turns out we're emotional about what we're passionate about. Amen. If we can't get a little emotional about Christ, then something wrong with us. And it all do something in our heart when we hear them singing about that cross, singing about our Christ. And I want to echo what the preacher said, and then we'll get in the Bible, thank you, preacher. I needed that. I believe I, I know I'm here to preach and I'm going to do it twice, Lord's will. But I ain't so sure I came for y'all. I think I may have came so the Lord could talk to me. I need to be reminded uh. How spoiled I am some days, and how self-consumed I am some days. And turns out the gospel's bigger than I, the little bubble we're living in. And I appreciate what this church has done already this morning. I promise you, uh, God is not going to overlook your sacrifice of love towards this preacher. And uh, I believe God's going to use it. Heaven, heaven will reveal one day. Ain't no telling. What a come out of just your heart of giving towards Him and the work of the Lord this morning. So thank you for it. It's good to be back. Hey Amen. I love Unity Baptist Church. And you say, how do you know you love us? Because I keep up with you. Just just know everything's going on around here. I don't know all you, your business. <laughs> but I know what the Lord's doing. I, I've seen it on Facebook. And I hear about it from your preacher. And the hand of the Lord's on this place. And I don't take that lightly and I don't say that everywhere I go. Uh, I learned from Mamma all years ago, if you can't say nothing nice, don't say nothing at all. So there's a lot of pulpits. I just keep my, my mouth shut in. <laughs> but I can say plenty nice about this place. I appreciate the work of the Lord here in Mayfield, Kentucky and how the Lord is growing His work and excited about it. And uh, I appreciate that when y'all eat, y'all invite me to preach. I pastor a church and hardly ever leave it. But every time I've ever left to come to Kentucky, it's because food was involved. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to it, amen. Get your Bibles out, Second Samuel chapter number 19. And uh, I'll make you this promise this morning. Uh, I'm not an evangelist, so I don't know how they do it. But uh, I to Brother Bud. And he told me if I was preaching twice today, I could preach one of them series and bust it up. And I like that, until I realize the way this one looks like it'll break up, I'm gonna give you all the bad stuff this morning. So you have to come back this afternoon for the good side of it. If you won't hear the if you won't hear the feeling good part, you'll have to come back after your belly's full. But if you just want the the rough side, just hang in there. We're gonna to get to it this morning. But 2 Samuel chapter number 19, verse number nine. The Bible said, And all the people were at strife throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, The king saved us out of the hand of our enemies, and he delivered us out of the hand of the Philistines. And now he has fled out of the land... For Absalom. Of course you know already this is the story of King David. His rebellious son has taken over, and David and those loyal to David have left the country and have been once again as David was very familiar under the reign of Saul, he's hiding out. And the word has came that Absalom is dead. And uh, David and the tribes of Israel are now processing this information that uh, this rebellious king they had been fallen is dead. And, and the, the, the ruling king is out of country. And it said that he had fled out of the land and Absalom whom we anointed over us is dead in battle. Now therefore why speak ye not a word of bringing the king back? And King David sent to Zadok and Abiathar the priest, saying, Speak unto the elders of Judah, saying, Why are ye the last to bring the king back to his house? Seeing the speech of all Israel is come to the king, even to his house. Ye are my brethren, ye are my bones and my flesh. Wherefore then are ye the last to bring back the king? And say to Amasa, art thou not bone of my bone and of my flesh? God do so to me, and more also, if thou be not captain of the host before me continually in the room of Joab. And he bowed the heart of all the men of Judah, even as the heart of one man, so that they sent this word unto the king, Return thou and all thy servants... So the king returned and came to Jordan and Judah came to Gilgal to go meet the king to conduct the king over Jordan. And Shimei, the the son of Gera, a Benjamite, which was of Barum, hasted and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. There were a thousand men of Benjamin with him and Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, his fifteen sons and twenty servants with him. And they went over Jordan before the king. Verse 18 said, And there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household and to do what he thought good. I want to preach by the help of the Lord on this thought this morning. The king is coming. How many knows in 2021 the king's coming? I'm not talking about LeBron. Hallelujah. I ain't, I ain't talking about any of these goats they keep claiming we got. I'm talking about the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Hey, how many knows that he's still coming back? He left this world with a promise that he shall, shall come again as you've have you seen him go away. Look that day at those disciples standing on the hillside those men in white apparel said you men of Galilee why stand you here gazing steadfastly in the heavens this same Jesus shall doubtless come again I want to say I'm glad the Lord has kept every promise he's ever made and I don't believe he's going to fail on this one the king is coming Amen but here's what I want to preach. The king's coming, but what will he find when he gets here? Uh, the Bible said in Luke 18.8, Jesus said, When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? We find in Matthew 13, He gave the disciples four times. He used the word Watch. He said, Heaven and earth's gonna pass away, but my word won't. He said, And he's telling them about his coming, and he said, Watch and pray. Watch. For such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. Watch, watch. And so we've been given this homework assignment brother Ray uh, that uh, uh, we're to be watching for his coming matter of fact uh, Paul said this when his head was on the chopping block Uh, he said I fought a good fight I finished my course I've kept the faith henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me in that day and not to me only you know I used to hear them preachers talk about them crowns in heaven, and they'd say, "Oh, gonna get a soul winner's crown." And I thought, "Dear God, uh, mine will, won't even match a Burger King crown for soul winning." And they don't nobody seemed to want to hear about Jesus anymore. I know some men. Hey, every time they stop their car, two people get saved. I knock on two thousand doors, and every one of them saved. Uh, yes, preacher, we attend church faithfully. At that church, we don't remember its name with the pastor we never met. But they swear they're going to heaven with the rest of us. I thought, I, I'll never qualify for that soul winner's crown. And I thought about those martyrs crown. And Brother Ray, I hope the day never comes, but I, I pray there's something down deep inside me that would say, I, I'm not backing down and I'm not turning back. I, uh, crucify me with Christ. It won't be the first time, but I ain't sure. I'll never face it probably, but if I do, I hope I'd stand faithful. But I ain't interested in getting a martyr's crown. I don't want to die. I thought about all those crowns they preached about and I thought, I ain't sure I qualify for any of them. Tell I read what old brother Paul said. He's talking about And I thought, Paul, you ought to get a crown. You fought a good fight. You finished the course. You kept the faith. I'm just hoping I get out of here today without messing up. But he said this. He said, The Lord, the righteous judge, was going to give him that crown. Not to me only, he said, but to all them that die on the chopping block for the gospel. No, that's not what Paul said. To all them that uh, start 17 churches all over it, no. Uh, To all those that are pastors, are evangelists, are missionaries, no. He said, there's a crown laid up for me which the Lord the righteous judge is going to give. And he said, it ain't just for me. It's for all them that love he is appearing. Can I just say all you got to do to qualify for a crown in heaven is get up every morning and go to bed every night and say even so, come Lord Jesus. I'm waiting on the king to get back and to take me back where he is. I want to be in the presence of the king of glory. All you got to do to get the to get the smile of God on your life is to love the fact he's coming and to look for him. The king's coming. We know it to be true this morning. What will he find? I, I'd say to you this morning, the same groups or types of people that David, King David faced on his passage over Jordan, the same kind of people that David found when he was returning, are the same kind of people that are going to be here when Jesus returns. Look at a few of them with me this morning. We'll preach till we're done preaching. Cut her off, eat lunch, and pick back up again. Amen. The king's coming. What will he find? Number one, I won't say this. He found some were apathetic. Some were apathetic. Now, I didn't know what the word meant either, so you're okay that you didn't know. It means they got cold. huh? <laughs> Y'all ain't wanting to be honest this morning, so I'll be the honest one. Does anybody ever get a little cold about that message of His coming? If we just be truthful about it. I mean, there's sometimes uh, they get up here and sing that song about they'll never, they'll never pierce His hands again. They're going to bow and I'll shout and say hallelujah. But there's other times that uh, I'm wanting to check my Facebook status. It just ain't doing nothing in my soul. Sometimes I get a little cold towards it. But sometimes I, I, I'm i like the world. I've heard it all my life and he ain't came yet. And I know he'll come, but he ain't coming right now. Surely it won't be today. But the Bible said it'd be as a thief in the night. The Bible said it'd be in such an hour as you think not. It's already been said you're not going to get a countdown clock or a warning shot. When he shows up, it will be unexpected. There's some that'll be apathetic. They know who the King is. They know what the King's done. They know they know that the King is the Anointed of God. They understand the King is the rightful uh, Judge to sit upon the throne. But somewhere in His absence. They've gotten cold and callous. See, I'm not talking about them this morning. Uh, This is not about them. This apathy deals with us. Uh, Did you see what he said? You are of my bone and of my flesh. That's not the strangers. That's not the sinners. That's not those that have never been introduced. But David is talking to the tribe of Judah. Those that he was born into their family. Am I talking to anybody that's been birthed into the family this morning and understands that, hey, it's already been said and already been sung. He's my brother this morning. We're in the, we got the same father. Hallelujah. I'm not a stranger or Pilgrim, but I'm part of the family of God today. There were some who were apathetic. He said this. He said, That's Judah. He said, There's, there, All Israel's asking for him. And Absom's dead. Why Why ain't anybody talking about bringing the king back? Verse 10 And King David sent to Zadok and Abiathar the priest, saying, Speak unto the elders of Judah, saying, why are you the last to bring the king back this house? Seeing the speech of all Israel has come to the king, even to this house. You're my brethren, you're my bones and my flesh. Wherefore then are you the last to bring back the king? There's some that were apathetic, and they needed to be requested. Huh? Some that were so apathetic, they'd got so cold and callous. That that while the rest of Israel You see, all the rest of the tribes were already talking about it. All the rest of the tribes were already discussing the transition of power. All the rest of the tribes were saying should we wait for David? Or should we send for David? Should we do it? Should we build a bridge over Jordan? Should we send a boat over Jordan? How is this working? We need the king. Everybody else is talking about it. But Judah is sitting back just waiting to see what happens. They've not been asking about David. They've not been Searching for David. But no, they've just settled into life in the here and now. And when the message comes, it was, Why are ye the last? They needed to be requested. You know, there's some folks that if they're not sent for, they ain't coming. Hello? Hey, some folks wouldn't be at church this morning. The preacher didn't ask where they was at last Sunday morning. They have to be requested. If you don't give them a special invitation to be in the presence of the King, then they may just be happy with where they're at and what they're doing. I never have understood that much. Uh, even in my sinful days, even my rebellious days, there was something that was still so real down inside of me that wanted to be in church, that wanted to be in the presence of the king, that wanted to be with the king's people. But there's some folks that if you don't request their presence, they had to be sent for. Uh, The king had to speak to them. Don't you like that crowd? I mean, the king shouldn't have to ask. You shouldn't have to be asked to come see the king. huh? You ought to be asking to get to see the king, not the king having to ask for you to come. And uh, some folks, if you don't speak to them, if you don't sin for them, they ain't worried about seeing the king. I, I like that crowd. That's that, why, you just didn't shake my hand last week. <laughs> uh, you didn't talk to me. Dear God, they ain't, but... Uh, Let's see, when I put it on Facebook, there's not but 900 of y'all here this morning. And uh, how's that preacher supposed to talk 900 people for church? Uh, uh, In all seriousness you do understand that uh, you're not the only one in the house of God. I'm not the only one in the house of God. Well, there'll probably be some of y'all as as kind and courteous and hospitable. And I mean all of what I just said as the Unity Baptist Church is. But life happens to us all. And somebody's probably going to have one of your kids get away from you. Or your plate's going to drop on the floor. Or you're going to spill your drink. Or you're just going to get busy with what's that. And your life will let me drive all the way back to Lebanon having never spoke to me can I say if that's all it gets if that's all it takes to keep me from coming to the king then what I got ain't real Uh, they had to be requested some were so apathetic at the thought of the king's return if somebody didn't send for them and speak to them they they had to be requested no that they had to be rebuked you see what the king did he sent two preachers. He said, you get Zadok and Abiathar, the priests and you go to the tribe of Judah and say, why are you doing this? Why are you the last to bring the king back to his house? They need to be rebuked. Can I say when I get cold and when my when I get apathetic to the thought of the imminent return of Christ, what I need is a couple of real preachers to get in my crawl and to remind me, hey man, just to preach heaven sweet, hell hot, Jesus real. Hey man, thank God for some fire-breathing preachers that'll ask the question of my life, what's wrong with you? Why are you the last to get involved? Need to be rebuked. <laughs> Thought about those disciples over there in the Garden of Gethsemane. The inner three that went a little further with him, Peter, James, and John. He asked them to do one thing. Watch, well things: watch and pray. Watch and pray. He said, watch and pray, and one hour passed. He comes back and all three of them's asleep if that's not getting apathetic. Jesus had just told them. He washed their feet. He said, I'm going to be betrayed tonight. I'm fixing to get on the cross. Peter said, I'm going with you. He said, no, you're not. You're going to deny you. Ever knew me three times for this night, Sal? And all that, you understand, all that took place that night at the Last Supper, we call it. And we see that scene unfolding. And you would have thought those disciples who were in tune with the heart of Christ, they understood the ministry of Christ. To some degree, you'd have thought if anybody would have sat up and prayed in the garden, Peter, James, and John. Remember, they've been to the Mount of Transfiguration and saw him in his glory. I can understand those that have never seen the glory of God, but for those of us that have, and we already have today, that have seen the glory of God, we ought to be the ones that are watching and praying for the return. But even with Jesus saying, could you not? Watch with me one hour. One by one they fell asleep. Oh, and it's the same way with these men of the tribe of Judah. They're having to be rebuked. Jesus had to get on to those disciples. And and David's having to send two preachers to get on to the tribe of Judah. Uh, They ought to have been the ones. If anybody should have been praying for a miracle in the absence of David it ought to be the ones that are bone of his bone blood of his blood flesh of his flesh they ought to have been praying for the miracle of the safe return of the king and he said why are you the last you should have been the one sitting up late at night rising up early in the morning and begging God for the sure mercies of David can I just say in 2021 I understand that every Everybody ain't interested in him coming by. But those in the house of God ought not allow our hearts to get so cold and callous. We ought to be the ones praying even so. Come, Lord Jesus. Oh, they ought to have been praying for a miracle. Uh, they ought to have been proclaiming the message. Huh? Absalom had his crowd. Them young punks he had one to his side. He'd swayed with those flattering words. Amen. He made those big promises and won the hearts of the young men of Israel and won them to His side. There's a crowd going around doing that today, by the way. They're not winning them to Jesus. They may put that on Facebook, but they're winning them to their huh? That's a whole other rabbit I ain't running this morning. But uh, Amen. But if anybody should have been standing up in the absence of David, in the rise of Absalom and this rebellious, rioting, punk crowd, Judah would have stood up and said, You're calling yourself king, but there ain't but one king, and it ain't you, Absalom. If anybody ought to have been saying I don't care how the people voted the Lord didn't ask for a poll the Lord anointed David we're still with him. They ought to have been proclaiming the message that there's one king and his name ain't Absalom but they've been quiet. Matter of fact when everybody else is talking about the king they've been so quiet they're not even talking. I'm afraid we're living in a day and an age when most of the talk of Jesus only happens on Sunday morning and Sunday night inside the four walls of the house of God. But they need to know out there who we believe in and who we're loyal to and who we serve. They ought to been proclaiming the message. Amen. All been praying for a miracle. They ought to been providing the means. They finally did. The Bible said they they sent the ferry boat to get the king and his household. They sent a ferry boat, and I just say it like this: I, 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 I want. If if brother wasn't here, I might preach a little while right here, but I'd feel like a fool in his folly if I tried to speak after that man what he said. But I want to say this as a reminder: that's what you did this morning, church. With that thousand dollars, I think you said just given, and y'all taking him on for support. Y'all sent a ferry boat. Said, we're going to provide the means to get the king. What you're doing is hastening the return of King Jesus. You do understand what he's waiting on. He's waiting on that last sinner to bow humbly and say, Lord, I'm sorry I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. And the, Before the amen comes to that prayer, uh, we're going to be snatched out of here, thank God. I've been looking forward to that day. And what they should have been doing was saying, David, how do you? What, what do you want? Anything you ask, we're going to provide it because we want the king back. And I just say, if anybody ought to be saying it, it ought to be the church this morning. Amen. Whatever you need, King. If it'll help you, if it'll hasten your coming. Oh, they were apathetic. They need to be requested. They need to be rebuked. They need to be reminded. Uh, David sent to them and said, you're my brethren. Uh, you're my flesh. Say it, say You're my bone and my flesh. God do so to them. To me and more also, if thou be not captain of the. See, Amasa had served under Absalom. He thought if he ever saw King David again, he'd be a dead man. And David said, No, no, I ain't coming to cut your head off. I'm coming to make you captain. Look like you're a pretty good soldier to me. I know you're serving the wrong side, but I recognize military prowess, I recognize great. You tell Amasa there's a place for him. My Kingdom. Uh, they need to be reminded. I thought about this first Thessalonians in chapter number five, verse number one. And the Bible said this, But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. When they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye brethren are not in darkness that the day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others. But let us watch and be sober, for they that sleep, sleep in the night. They that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. For in helmet the hope of salvation, for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Sometimes we need to be reminded. We get apathetic. He said, you're not of the darkness. And you're not of the night. He said, Judah, you're not like the rest of them. You're not of the tribe of Benjamin. You're not of Saul's household. You're of Judah. You're of David's household. And can I just say, I understand we're living in dark days. I keep saying that as if it's a new thing, by the way. When was it not a dark day? Uh, I'd say it's a pretty dark day when that war broke out that divided North and South Korea. I'd say it's a pretty dark day when twice in our history the entire world went to war. Uh, I keep talking about how bad it is right now, but the world ain't at war yet. Could break out, I'll give you that, but uh, we ain't yet. What I'm saying is in the history of man, there have been worse days than today. You say, I don't know about that. Well, go interview one of them Jews that their parents, grandparents, great-grandparents were sent off to Auschwitz and burned alive. You ask them if it's been worse than when your 401k lost 10 points and then gained 40. Hello? It ain't so bad. In fact, I heard somewhere this morning we're spoiled, rotten Americans. They're dumping more into sports and hobbies than the gospel. Sounds like it's a pretty good day to be alive. We keep talking about how dark it is and I understand rightfully so in some aspect but we're not of the night. Where we're living at it's a day of it's a place of eternal day. A place of everlasting sunshine where the Lord himself is alive. I ain't living in dark days. I'm walking in the light of the Son of God and sometimes we need to be reminded that yes it may be bad out there but it's good in here, and the king is coming, and we are to be ready. Amen. All need to be reminded. I won't say they need to be revived. Uh, the Bible said he sent that word to Amasa uh, in verse 14, and he bowed the heart of all the men of Judah. Amasa bowed the heart of the men of Judah. When the message came that he'd be captain, he begins to say, listen, King David ain't like Absalom. King David ain't like Saul. He's got every right to kill me, but he wants to bless me. That's the David we all remember. <laughs> that's that little shepherd boy that God took out of, out of Jesse's house and, and began to promote him until he ended up in the utmost pinnacle as king of Israel. He said, that's our king. And the Bible said, as that word came, as their heart began, as those two preachers rebuked them, as their fellow laborer encouraged them, the Bible said, He bowed the heart of all the men of Judah, even as the heart of one man, so that they said this word. That's been quite a while ago, but they said this word Return thou and all thy servants. And the Bible said in verse 18, there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household and to do what he thought good they need to be reminded they need to be revived there was a promise waiting them huh? he made some promises to them he said when I get back I'm going to bless some folks <laughs> hello I know it ain't about crowns and kingdoms and it ain't about the mansion and the streets of go. but there is no escaping the truth of God's word that when the king returns he's coming back to bless us Every Christian will be blessed at His coming. I'm thinking about David another time in David's history. Huh? When uh, David's first entering onto the throne, and David said, well, i tell you one thing we're going to have to get straight. He said, we need that ark back. And uh, I know how he did it wrong, and the ox cart shook. Let's fast forward past his mistakes like you want everybody to do yours. And when he finally got the thing right, the Bible said he sent. They brought up the ark of the uh, God with gladness. And the Bible said as they're going, they're, they're playing music. and They're leaping and dancing before the Lord. And once the ark got back in his place, the Bible said that David blessed all the people. Sent them home, said, I want you to take a cake of bread take you some meat, huh? He's having fellowship meal too, praise God. It's scriptural. Old Testament and New Testament, bless the God. Let's go eat, amen. I'm with him. He said, and he blessed all the people. Because the presence of God was there. Can I say that's what David was reminding Judah? And Judah was revived when they remembered this uh, That this king comes with some promise and some privilege. Wow. He, he promised them something. There was a promise waiting on. And Peter said exceeding great precious promises are given unto us. Hallelujah. I've seen a lot of them come true. But there's a lot of them I won't get to enjoy till I get to heaven. But they sure are. Are gonna be good, Amen. There's a promise waiting them. They need to be revived because there's some people watching them. You see, the rest of them was talking about them, but they wasn't doing nothing. They was waiting on Judah to make a move. Can I say there's some people out there that are watching the church in these days to see if what we've said about the King is real, to see if what we said about the King's right. I mean, we've said things about trust God, but do we trust God? Yeah. We've said things about, I, I, I'd rather, it's better to put your trust in God than in man, but is that so? We've said, I fear God over man. Said better to obey God rather than men, but do we mean that? Do we believe that with all our heart? There's people watching us to see what we're going to do these days. Yeah. Then there was a person that was willing them. There was a promise waiting them. There was people watching them, but there was a person that was willing them. The king himself was sending words saying, I want to come back do y'all want me back? <laughs> Can I say that's what's happening every day when you get up and you wake up and there's a stirring in your soul. That's what happens every Sunday when the preacher preaches a message and what we say is that old stony ground, that foul ground gets broke up and all of a sudden that little seed that was planted years ago starts blooming and blossoming and you came in in a bad mood and you leave in a good mood and you came in with a frown you leave with a smile and you came in with distractions but you leave with focus. What's happening is the King is reminding you. He's reviving you. He's saying to you, I want to come get you. Do you want to come see me? The day the church gets to hollering up at heaven, the way heaven's whispering us and saying, I, I miss you. This morning Jesus is saying, I love you. Jesus is saying, I'm proud of you. Jesus is saying, I'm longing to be with you. Jesus is saying, I- I'm prepared to play for you. The day we get to talking back to him, the way he's are talking to us, he's liable, to just snatch us out of here. Kings coming. Some were apathetic, some are just cold. The Bible said this, the first individual mentioned verse 16, said, And Shimei, the son of Gera, of Benjamite not, a, not of the tribe of Judah. Judah's going out and this Benjamite said, I won't tag along. Which was of hasted, came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. There were a thousand men of Benjamin with him. Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul and his fifteen sons twenty servants with him, and they went over Jordan for the king. They went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household and do what he thought good. And Shimei, the son of Gera fell down before the king as he was come over Jordan. And said unto the king, Let not my lord impute iniquity upon me that which thy servant did perversely the day that my lord the king went out of Jerusalem that the king should take it to his heart. For thy servant doth know that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I am come the first this day of all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord the king. But Abisha, the son of Zariah, answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this? Because he cursed the Lord's anointed. And David said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah? that ye should this day be adversaries unto me, shall there any man be put to death this day in Israel? For do not I know that I am this day king over Israel? Therefore the king said unto Shimei, Thou shalt not die. The king swearing to him. The king's coming. Who will he find? Well, there's some who were apathetic. But then I want to say this, there's some who were afraid. Shimei didn't show up because he loved David. Shimei did not show up because he was loyal to David. Shimei showed up because he was scared of David. He was hoping during this day of celebration when the king was returned unto his house, when the king was returned unto his throne, uh, when the celebration was taking place and, and when all the praise and, and, and all the party was going on. He's hoping he could get a little mercy. He's hoping he could get a little forgiveness on that day. Uh, can I just say, and it'll blow half of what I'm about to say out of the water, but that's I There's coming a day when the king's coming and there's going to be some that are going to be falling on their face and crying out for mercy. And oh, can I just say it ain't coming. You say, well, David, spare those Shimei. You better read the rest of the story. The last words, they, he said, this day there's not anybody in Israel going to die. Uh, but one day when, when, uh, uh, when, when David was leaving out, he told Solomon, he said, don't you forget what that old Shimei did to me. Boy, you go handle your business. Can I just say the Lord may not kill him when he comes to get his family. When he returns the first time, raptures the say. Oh, but when he comes back the next time, you can believe vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. There's some who were afraid. Why is he afraid? Because of his reputation. We don't know a lot about Shemiah. His name is only mentioned five or six times in all the Bible. and It's all right around... Uh, this same story is mentioned when David is asking for somebody of the household of Saul that he can show uh, of, of Jonathan that he can show the kindness of the Lord to, and it's mentioned when David's on the run fleeing, Shimei shows up, and it's mentioned here. Uh, past that, Shimei's name's not brought up much, but one thing we do find out about him: his reputation precedes him. He's always running with the wicked. You'll find this about Shimei. He's of the household of Saul. His king was a rejected king. He followed the world's king. He followed the flesh's king. The one consulting with witches. The one chucking spears at God's anointed. That was his king. Can I just say, uh, those that have thrown in with this world's king, uh, they're going to be awful scared when the king of kings shows up. Hey, man, They're going to be living in fear the day they realize that they've been running with the wrong king. Oh, he's running with a wicked, a rejected king, a rebellious king, a ruined king that lost his glory. Not only he's running with the wicked but he's running with the wannabes. See, he couldn't help his born in the house of Benjamin and the house of Saul. I mean, that was... And you couldn't help that you was born into this world. You were born a sinner. You were on the side of the wicked the day you first breathed there. Amen. I, we can talk about age of accountability and all those things. I understand. But I'm saying, the Bible says... That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all born of the same flesh, and and we couldn't help it. I did there was no other way for me to be born. There was nothing my parents could have done to make it possible for me to enter this life sinless. No, every child that comes by the way of birth, the only way they're getting here is going to be born a sinner. And I'll give a little grace to Shimei, and that he couldn't help. That he was part of the wicked crowd. But it could help that he was running with the wannabe crowd. You say, what are you talking about the wannabe crowd? He's, he stayed He stayed on the other side of Jordan with Absalom. Huh? He stayed with, with, with the new regime and the rebellious king. He was there with the wannabees. See, I call him a wannabe because Absalom was never king. In order to be king, you had to be anointed. He wasn't an anointed king. In order to be king, there had to be a transfer of the kingdom, a transfer of power, a crown given to you. None of that happened. Absalom stole the throne, but he was never given a throne. He's just a wannabe. He wanted to be king. Can I just say there's a lot of folks that are going to be afraid that he's coming because they've been running with the wannabes. Yeah. Uh, they've been following the NFL, and the NBA, and Hollywood, and and, and and music row, and everybody else that thinks they're king. They wanna uh, they wanna be the leaders, the influencers, uh, the popular crowd, those that won the heart of the people, uh, those that are putting their face up as uh, as a picture of what you wish you were, and what you wish you had. Can it just say, one well, of these days, the wannabes are going to be exposed? Amen. Uh, uh, They were no king at all. Hey, they were just living a life of self. uh, They was living a life of flesh, but uh, they weren't king anything. Can I just say it ain't gonna matter? It ain't gonna matter in heaven how many touchdowns you had on earth. God's not gonna interview us and ask us how many what was the box score at the basketball game. God's not gonna be well. He might care how many what our batting average was in softball. If we're playing for the high school team in seventh grade, he might that might have a little weight. But the rest of it, no nah, I'm am te- teasing. I cut now. I'm fleshly, brother James. Proud, <laughs> telling on myself. Man. What I'm saying, he's not gonna be interested in our stat lines. That's not gonna give us any any clout. It's not gonna give us any authority. Only questions going to be asked was you was you serving the king? Which side were you on? Did you pick Jesus? He picked you. Did you pick him? Or was you on the wrong? He was. He was. His reputation. Well, I am trying to get you to say he's afraid because of his reputation. Is uh, running with the wicked and the wannabes. Not only that, but his he was ashamed because of his rejection. If you look back with me a couple pages, you'll find out the real truth about Shimei. In 2 Samuel 16 verse number 5, is David has just begun one of the worst days of his life. Absalom is seeking his father's life, stealing his father's throne. And David and his lawless are leaving town. And the Bible said, when King David came to Baharum, uh, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. He came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David. And at all the servants of, of King David, and all the people... And all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei when he cursed, Come out, come out, thou bloody man, thou man of Belial. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son. Behold, thou art taken in thy mischief because thou art a bloody man then said Abishai the son of Zariah I like him a lot Abishai is my favorite soldier in David's army all he ever wants to do is cut somebody's head off everybody needs an Abishai on there everybody, Abishai, Abishai I don't care how you say his name you need you one every preacher needs one that says, hey I'll go cut their head off for you preacher you'll just go eat supper Everybody appreciates one. And he heard, he heard shimmy out running his mouth about his king. And, and, and Abishai said this. He said, uh, why don't I just go cut his head off? He said, why should this de- dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. And the king said, what have I to do with you, ye sons of Zerai? So let him curse. Because the Lord has said to him, curse David. Who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? And David said to Abishai and all his servants, Behold, my son which came forth of my bow seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamin do it. Let him alone and let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. It may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction, that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. And as David and his men went by the way, Shimei went along on the hillside over against him and cursed as he went, threw stones at him and cast dust. And the king and all the people that were with him came weary, refreshed themselves there. Oh, he was afraid because of his reputation, but he's afraid because of his rejection. You see, what Shimei had done was reject David. He rejected King David. He he tells it in his testimony out of his own mouth. He rejected David because of his sin. Do you see what he brought up? His bloody past. Come out, come out thou bloody man, thou son of Belial. He's throwing up in David's face the things that had happened in David's life. David had certainly been a murderous man. We know the story. David had had certainly done things that he was not proud of. David was a man of war and fought rightly, but he had shed a lot of blood. Now he's bringing up David's past. He's throwing up at David his bloody past and calling him a son of Belial, a son of Satan. Can I just say that sounds a lot like what they say about our king. You say, I don't remember that. Read in your Bible what the religious crowd's accusation was on Jesus. They called him a son. They said, you're doing this by Beelzebub. You're one of his. You're a son of Satan. That's all the only way you got this power. That's throwing up uh, to him that he was he was on the wrong side. But can I just say, thank God? I'm glad for a bloody past in my life. Hallelujah! I'm glad he is on the right side the whole time. And this this little punk Shimei is is rejecting David because of his bloody past. A lot of people won't trust Christ because of a bloody pass. They don't like them songs there's power in the blood. They don't like to hear there is a fountain filled with blood. That's gory. That's gross. They don't like to hear about the brutality of the cross. Uh, They don't like a crown of thorns, nails and hands and feet, a spear piercing a side and blood and water. Flowing forth. That grosses them out. That's gore to them. But I like what that old song, the old rugged cross, talks about. Uh, uh, What the world turns their back on. What the world says is nasty. I say it's precious. I say it's blessed. I say it's wonderful. Thank God for the bloody past. He rejected David's bloody past, he rejected David. Because of his sin, the bloody past, he rejected David because of his strategy. He didn't like what David was doing. You see, what Shimei really wanted to do was start a fight, huh? And and, and you didn't have to push too many buttons on David to get a fight going. Uh, he showed up as a little boy, just toting cheese and bread. Heard a little cussing giant, and he said, why ain't nobody done nothing about that today? <laughs> I mean, y'all are all here. Do you? I know you're not all deaf. Let's, let's, let's kill him. Well, David, he's a giant. He said, I thought we had God. <laughs> David wasn't running from a fight. David, you, you, you see his friend, Abishai, said, let's just cut somebody's head off today. These are fighting men. These are manly men. And these are men that you didn't have to push their button too hard to get them stirred up. Huh? I'm a, I'm a thinking about the Wingfield Inn right now, Brother Martin. They was, they was trying to push my button last night. They was having them a throw-down party. And it, it ain't y'all's fault or preacher's fault. I, it's just one of my good illustrations now. Y'all are going to make a mini-a-sermon illustration now. We got in there and I was just going to rest. And... When I got in my room, TV on, air conditioner runs, and my windows—I was watching them. I said, "There's—I didn't know it was on a—we're we on a fault line. There's an earthquake." And then I realized, no, they're just jamming. They're having them a party now at the meeting room." Seven phone calls and a visit from the officers later, we finally—I finally convinced the guy at the front desk. I said. Sir, I know you're one man against 30 that are already inebriated. I seen them this morning. Wife, beater, and pistol on his side with a bottle of Crown. I said, I'm glad I stayed in my room. didn't come out. Because every button in me got pushed. My kids were saying, Daddy, we're setting up waiting to see what you do. That's when you know you ain't too good at handling stuff. Uh, if you don't believe me, y'all Google Family Baptist Church, Lebanon, Tennessee, and read the reviews. You'll thank me later. And what I'm saying, there's pushing buttons. And it don't take much to get you going. I finally convinced that fellow. I said, I know how to shut a party down. I know you're one against 30. He said, How? I said, You got access to the breaker box, don't you? I said, Radio ain't going to work when you cut the power off. And it got quiet. <laughs> now, but my wife, thank you, honey, for that great idea. She's always right. If you don't believe her, ask her. And she'll tell you. What I'm trying to say was something about David. You just had to push his button. And Shimei is pushing the button. He's cussing David. You don't cuss David, he'll cut your tongue out and kill you with it. He's cussing David. He's throwing rocks at... He's calling David names. Because he knew if he could get David to stop doing what David was doing, that in just a little while Absalom and the armies would be there, and they were, there was more of them than the world would do. He, he knew he couldn't whip David. Shimei didn't have any vision or grandeur where he thought he could, he could whip David, but he knew there was some coming that would be there soon enough that if he could hinder David, if he could slow David down long enough, that David would be stopped from escaping and the kingdom would change hands. He did not like David's strategy. He wanted David to fight. He wanted David to get in a war. He wanted these two kings to duke it out and see who come out on top. He was doing everything he could to mess up David's strategy. He didn't like David's strategy. Instead of fighting, David was fleeing. It's been said this morning, Brother James. I don't understand. I don't understand. I, I'm not God. My thoughts, not His thoughts. My, I don't understand why He tolerates some of the things He does. Why he allows. I know all things work together for good, and I know His ways right. I trust Him. I don't pretend to have a better plan than God, but I don't understand. And there's a lot of people who don't trust the King because they don't like His strategy. They'll say things like, "If your God was real, this wouldn't happen." I've seen one on the internet. I know her too well. Friends with this family. She lives one of the most fleshly, carnal, wicked lifestyles. But if something goes wrong, she'll so now I'm calling all prayer warriors. I thought, well, if they answer your call, they're in a bad way. And I know she thinks I'm one of them, but I, I'm praying for her, but I ain't praying what she thinks I'm a praying. Pray she gets get saved, get right with God. She's a Catholic. <laughs> She's religious and lost. And, uh She'd put on there, she said, I just don't understand why God will allow something. I thought, I understand why. He's trying to get your attention. He's trying to get you to call out and cry out. And some people don't like his strategy. And they, they reject him as king because of his strategy. He don't fight. He's humble. He humbled. David humbled himself instead of handling himself. By the way, you'll never find David. David doesn't fight against God's people. Even when they're wrong, David don't fight. He fights God's enemies, but David wouldn't fight his own enemies. He run from Absalom. He fled from Saul. Every time you see David, if it's a fight with God's people, he said, no, never mind about that. God will, handle, God will handle them. Now, if a giant come up, he'd say, let's go kill him. Philistine show up and he say, hey, they was up against them one time, what? but three of them fighting, and there were several hundred of them in that valley. And David said, sell like odds uh, like are in our favor, three of us against a thousand of them. Let's go whip them all. And they did. He's not scared of a fight. He's not going to fight God's people. Do some of us some good to learn to be more like David. He, His strategy, I'm trying to... Uh, he, He rejected him because of his strategy. He rejected him because of his sovereignty. He wasn't going to accept his kingdom. He did not want David to be king. He said, you're not the king. That's what he literally told. He said, the Lord has taken... You stole it from Saul. No, he didn't. God sent Samuel to the little shepherd boy, poured that horn oil out over his head. God picked David out of the thousands of Israel and said, you're going to be my king. Was never David's idea. Never, never did David ask for a throne. Never did David ask to be anybody. David was content being a shepherd boy and watching his father's sheep. But God seen his dedication, his heart, and his service. But Shimei said, "You're not the king." Said, "I'd rather have Saul, but if you can't have Saul, I'll take Absalom." But it's not you. Can I say this world's looking for everybody but Jesus? They'll take everybody but Jesus. Huh? They'll submit to every authority but Jesus. They're, on every pa- they're, 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 they're willing to bow to everything but Jesus. He rejected His sovereignty. Some were afraid because of their reputation, their rejection. And lastly, He was afraid because of His reaction. We read it already this morning. He's throwing stones that were damaging and his throwing soul that was discouraging. All he had ever done, all we know about Shimei, was that when David needed him, Shimei, instead of picking up bread, took a rock. Shimei, instead of gathering water, gathered dust. And he stood on the hillside, and and he tried to damage and discourage, the people of God in their valley. He was up on the mountaintop when they was in the valley. And all he was trying to do was to damage and discourage the work of God, the people of God. There's a crowd out there today that seems dead set on discouraging what we're doing. Why? I'm glad it ain't on Facebook, though like brother, I'm not afraid, but I ain't interested in getting arrested either. And I don't know what it is up here now. Know what it's been? They they liable to lock us up for having a piece of pie together. Hello, they liable to jealous these these benches ain't far enough apart. Hey Amen. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not making. I'm not so stupid uh, uh, oh, ignorant. I'm trying to be nice, this thing's been real, and it's been damaging. It's been hurtful. It's been awful. And anybody that ignores that, is crippled too high for crutches. But i got to have church. Amen. If you told me it was a 50-50 shot, if I walked through them doors, whether well, I'd make it out, I'd say, it's good enough odds for me. I need Jesus more than I need... I'd, I'd, I'd rather not have another breath as my next breath be without Him. <laughs> there's some that are dead set. They didn't show up last night at that party so there's too many of y'all gathered in here. Right. Huh? That policeman came by and left, and nothing changed. I said, You've been here yet? He said, Yeah, he just left. I said, What did he leave for? They still be bopping out there. <laughs> they was not worried. About, oh, but you get 30 Christians in the room, get shouting about Jesus and praising the Lord, and they want to come in, take down tag numbers, and cuff somebody. It's because they're dead set on hindering what the king wants done. He's kicking dirt. Can I just say that dust, see me how that? kicking? It ain't even going to cut nobody. Has anybody ever been hurt by, uh, I'm not talking about a dirt cloud, I'm talking about a dust cloud. It ain't going to hurt you. You ain't going to have no bruises or whelps or scars from a dust cloud. Uh, you was made out of it. You just absorb it. <laughs> bunch of dirt bags, that's what you are. <laughs> but can I say to you, I just got done telling some hard packed, Food plot saw, six foot tiller. Praise God, that's my happy place, on my tractor. And that, that dust was kicking up, and it didn't hurt me, but it sure was discouraging. I, matter of fact, I'd pull out there in the road and I'd just set them a minute, it, let it carry because it, I found out if I turn and start back into it, it's gonna choke me, going give me the cotton mouth a little bit. It just it wasn't gonna hurt me; it's just gonna aggravate me. Can I say, the world can't do nothing to stop this. But they sure do want to aggravate us. They sure do want to poke us. Shimei couldn't do nothing to stop David, but he's just poking him. He's just prodding him. Because if he can get David focused on Shimei instead of focused on what God's told him to be and doing what God... Then David has lost. I'm afraid the devil's done a good job getting some of that wicked crowd that's rejected the king to get us more focused on them than we are on him. Huh? Can I say our promise is not in them. Our hope is not in them. Our help is not in them. It's in him. That's what Elijah told Elisha when he left this old world. He said, "What, what can I do for you? You've been a faithful old servant. What can I do? He said, I want a double portion." What you got? Give me a double portion of that spirit. A- and Elijah, one of the greatest men of God that ever was. I mean, did some of the greatest miracles you ever read about. Looked at Elisha and said, you've asked a hard thing. You say, well, yeah, it is. Yeah, but see, you'd have to understand. Read it. Elijah, he, he blinded the entire Assyrian army. And he's just like, Hey! But y'all can't see me. It was like no big. the the whole Assyrian army's assembled against him. And he's like, yeah, this is going to be funny. Y'all can't see, can you? And he led them back into his people into the camp of the enemy. And he said, y'all don't hurt them now. We're going to treat them nice even though they'd have killed us. Uh, Elijah, I'm talking about the one that stood alone on Mount Carmel. All the prophets of Baal out there slashing and gnashing and cussing and curling and hollering and hooping and dancing all day long with a dry altar begging God for just a, begging their gods for just a little spark to get their sacrifice consumed. And Elijah, and I'm convinced, people, people try to super spiritualize things. I think he's just messing with them. He said, Go get all the water you can find, bucket after bucket. Dump it on this thing. He said, this is too easy. He said, dry wood. Well, you might accidentally get a spark. He said, let's douse this thing. Let's get. It, let's put it in a pond. Dig a trench. Pool it up. He said, then we'll talk, my God, because this is too easy for him. And a little 60-some-odd word prayer. Fire from heaven that burnt up rocks. I've never seen that. A fire so strong it burned a rock up, but it said it lapped up the... The, the water the wood the sacrifice and the altar that's his god and he never wants he's laughing at them while they're cutting themselves, he said i think your god went to the bathroom or something he ain't around here he, he don't seem to be listening maybe maybe you need to cut him instead of cutting yourself see how that works you know he just he just play he never said that's a hard thing but when elisha asked for a double portion he said boy what you asking me for? This is a hard thing. It's a hard thing. And by the way, who defines what that is? God never said it was a hard thing. Is it harder for God to make an elephant or a mouse? You try it and see which one was harder for you. I can't do either one, so they're both pretty hard. But nothing's too... Is anything too hard for the Lord? For with God, nothing shall be impossible. What I'm saying that day, but he said, Nevertheless, if thou see me when I'm taken away, shall be so. He said, if you see me, you're going to get what you ask for. See, all his promise and all his privilege, all his hope and everything he asked for was tied up in one simple commandment. Whatever happens, just see me. That day, when Elijah saw Eli- when Elisha uh, saw Elijah leave out of here, the Bible said there came down a chariot of fire, a whirlwind, and a chair and horses of fire. Never seen that before, neither of y'all, and neither had Elisha horses on fire, chariots on fire, a whirlwind. They swoop in, come running, and grab Elijah and take him out of this world into that world. And Elijah left out of here with the Lord. But if Elisha had came back across Jordan and said, boys, y'all ain't going to believe the, the horses I just seen, he wouldn't have got what he asked for. If he'd said, man, i seen the coolest chariot ever been drove. If he'd have said, did anybody catch the whirlwind? No, when all that was taking place, his focus was on Elijah. He couldn't let the whirlwind distract him. He could the chariots of fire and the horses of fire. He couldn't get his eye. He had to keep his focus on the one that his promise was in. Can I just say there's a lot of whirlwinds and fires going on around? But if you'll keep your focus on Jesus, Hallelujah! If you'll keep looking for and anticipating the return of the King, you won't have to be afraid at His coming. I want to say this and I'm done. I want him fool point three. You'd do us all good to learn to handle our Shimiis like David did. You know what his answer was when he was faced? And, and does anybody not think that Shimei was a great nuisance and an aggravation and just a real all-around jerk? I don't, does anybody like him? I don't think so. And I don't think anybody did that day. And But here's what David said when faced with the possibility of a guy that really, really, really all he wanted to do that day was chop that man's head off. All David didn't even have to say do it. All David had to say is nothing at all. If David just kept his mouth shut, Shimei's head's going to come rolling down off that hillside. Abishai didn't need to go ahead. He just needs somebody not to tell him, stop. David said, let him cuss. It would be a good day in your life if you'd realize those that are sent to distract you, those that are sent to deter you, those that are sent to discourage you, it's not up to you or anybody else to shut them up and to stop them. Just let them cuss. Why? Same reason David said. said, let them cuss. He said, you may need rebuking. David was not a perfect man. He's God's man. Do you some good to remember you ain't perfect. I'm God's, but I ain't perfect. I mean, one of these days, I will be, but I ain't today. I looked in the mirror this morning. I was quite close, but I ain't there yet. <laughs> I ain't there yet. <laughs> I, had one. I keep talking about Facebook. I guess because y'all turned it off this morning, so we'll talk about them, but... Uh, I had somebody on Facebook talking about bullying. Isn't that part bullying and tell me what you were bullied for when you was bullied back school as all martyrs for Christ. I got on there and I said, I had it bad. I said, Everybody was jealous of my good looks and I said, It wasn't like I asked for this. <laughs> I like just blowing up their little world, but anyhow, super spiritual crowd aggravates me. But anyhow, you may need rebuking. And you may need the kind of rebuke that the good people of God won't give you. I might not say to you what's wrong with you because I know what's wrong with me and I know you just like me and we in this together. But somebody out there is liable to tell you the truth about you. Let them cuss. You may need rebuking. It may do you some good to hear their cussing because it, it might get you to realize there's some things you need to get right. You may need rebuking. Secondly, let me say, you may need reminding. I'll tell you why David didn't want to stop him. Because David saw something in Shimei. He saw what he would have been, what he should have been, what he could have been if it hadn't been for the grace of God in his life. Can I say when you hear them trying to hinder you, trying to discourage you, trying to detour you, trying uh, trying to distract you, you ought to see in them what you should have been, what you could have been. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. By the grace of God, that'd be you out there. But by the grace of God, Brother Martin, it'd have been me at the party. It should have been me at the party. It could have been me at the party. It would have been me at the party. If Jesus hadn't have come by my way and brought me salvation, thank God you might all just let them cuss because you might need to be reminded of what you'd have been if God hadn't have showed up in your life. Amen. Thirdly and lastly, just let them cuss. You may need rebuking, you may need reminding, but you may need rewarding. David said, let him cuss. Just let him do what he's doing. He said, it, uh, "It. the Lord hath bidden him, it may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. Still trying to straighten them out, just let them cuss. The Lord might smile on you and say, you crawled up on that cross just like, just like I did. Huh. Uh, when, you were, when you were rebuked and reviled, you didn't revile against them. said, so when they were mocking you and making fun of them, you, instead of mocking back and making fun back, you said, Father, forgive them for they know not what to do. <laughs> Can I say the best position you'll ever be in is when the world puts you on a cross. You'll enter into Jesus. Pa- Paul said that I may know Him. The power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His suffering. King's coming this morning, church. Ain't you glad of that? King's coming. What's he going to find? There may be some this morning you've gotten apathetic. The truth of God's Word that Jesus' imminent return could happen at any time. You've gotten cold and callous. You can tell where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Missionary friend told us this morning. You'll know how you really feel about the king by how you're acting, what you're doing, what you spend your time with. Maybe you've gotten apathetic. Over the years, you didn't quit believing it, just quit getting it. Judah didn't not want David, they didn't reject David. Why, if you'd have pulled, if you'd asked for a show of hands in the tribe of Judah, how many loves David? Every hand. Would've went up. How many wishes David were here? How many thinks David's a good king? Best one we ever had. Only other one we ever had was crazy. He's chunking spears at people. We like David. He's got the blessings of God. Judah wasn't opposed, and again they were on David's side. They believed David to be the rightful king. It just got cold. It just got callous. They just weren't doing nothing. They just waiting to see what happened. Afraid our churches were filled with folks that believe. They've trusted Christ. They're in the family. But they're not anticipating His coming. They're not awaiting His coming. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're going to be afraid it is coming. For if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior in that day, it be too late. Your sin will be revisited upon you for all eternity. There's a hell that's waiting those that have rejected the true king. There won't be second chances. There won't be do-overs. There won't be another turns. No, if the king comes back for his church, and you've been given the opportunity to accept the free pardon of sin through the blood-bought sacrifice of the cross of Calvary in Jesus Christ, and you rejected that, there won't be no turning back, doing it again. Be over with. You will have made your decision. You will have decided which side you're on. You'll be afraid. The Bible tells us in that day to be so fearful that people will be crying out, begging a mountain to turn over on top of them and hide them from the wrath of God. That's pretty fearful. That's pretty scary. You turn to the horrors of revelation, they don't compare to the horrors of eternal hell, eternal damnation, eternal separation. What I'm saying to you now is accepted time. Today's the day of salvation.